No matter what happens with digital marketing trends, everybody still wants to be at the top of Google's organic search results, and it's not difficult to understand why. For many businesses, their most profitable source of traffic will be organic search, because if you think about it, what better people could you have on your website than the people who are searching because they want to buy exactly what it is that you sell? So in this podcast episode, we're going to be looking at how to get to the top of Google, giving you some common sense tips taken from our book, How to to get to the top of Google and also from the work that we do with our clients here at Exposure Ninja to get everyone's Googles to rank number one. Welcome to the Exposure Ninja Digital Marketing Podcast. Welcome to the Exposure Ninja podcast. My name is Tim Cameron Kitchen, Head Ninja at Exposure Ninja. And in this episode, we're going to be talking about how to get to the top of Google. Now, before we get started, it's really important to understand how Google works and what Google's actually looking for. Our job as SEOs becomes a lot easier if we're working with Google rather than against it. And by that, I mean, if we can understand what Google wants to show at the top and we can build something that deserves to rank at the top, then it's much much easier to get traction than if we're trying to push something that doesn't deserve it or doesn't really match what Google wants to show. So Google wants to give searchers the best answers to their questions. And by question, I don't just mean, can you eat yellow snow? I mean, question could be something like black trainers. It could be uh, best fragrances for men. You know, it could be anything. Anything that people type into Google is essentially a question because they're looking for information. So in order to give Google the best answers to these questions, we really need to define best. And best is in the eye of the searcher in this case. So we want to think about what that searcher's intent is when they search for that term. And we want to give Google a piece of content, a piece of information on a page which matches that intent as closely as we possibly can. In fact, while we're on definitions, let's just think about how Google really works and what Google really cares about. Now, Google makes about $40 billion a year from you clicking on adverts. Yes, you, all of us. Um, That's a lot of ads. But to keep us clicking on those adverts, obviously, Google needs to keep us using Google search engine. In order to do that, it needs to help us find what we need as quickly as possible. It needs to be the best source of answers for whatever question, whatever need that we have. That's why Google cares about quality. That's why it cares about relevance, not because it has some desire to sort the world's information or any of that, whatever the vision or mission statement says. Google has to keep us addicted to Google if it's going to continue making that $40 billion a year from the ad revenue. So it stands to reason that if we want to get our websites ranked by Google, we need to give Google the sort of content it wants to give to its ad clicking users. This also means it doesn't have blanket rules. Things like every page must be 2000 words long or anything like that, because actually what's best for one type of search might not be best for another. For some searches, actually the best result might be a very small amount of information and Google's really looking for a website that can deliver that. And if people then leave that page and go off and carry on with their life on the internet, Google doesn't mind, right? Whereas there are going to be other searches where actually what's best is a really in-depth, long piece of information with loads and loads of different sources 
resources and different tips and that type of thing. So it's about understanding the intent behind it and what's required to meet that intent. And of course, as Google matures, it's showing this information in different ways. We see URL links in search results. We see featured snippets. So the boxes of information that Google shows at the top of the page. Of course, with voice search, we've got according to ExposureNinja.com, blah, 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 blah. So Google's results are maturing and they're changing. And of course, the search landscape is going to continue changing. But what we really want to do as businesses, as digital marketers, is we want to always make sure that it's our information, our websites that are getting that visibility. So now we understand how Google works, what's actually important to get a website or a web page ranking. Well, the first thing is to recognize that the page that ranks on your website top of Google doesn't necessarily need to be the homepage. And in fact, for a lot of your target keywords, your homepage is unlikely to be the best page to rank. This is really good news. By adding lots of well-optimized pages targeted at specific groups of search terms, you can increase the amount of traffic your site gets versus a site that has fewer pages. Let me give you a real example. So in the video version of this podcast, I show you um, the SEMrush rankings for ratedpeople.com. So Rated People is a website that you can use to find tradespeople. So plumbers, electricians, plasterers, that type of stuff. And what I've done is put it in SEMrush and we're just having a look at the different keywords that Rated People is ranking for. Now, what's really interesting and what's extremely common about this website with any other site that's been well optimized is that actually the homepage is ranking for a relatively small number of different terms. It's bringing in a relatively small percentage of their overall traffic. And actually, it's the non-homepage pages, so things like their page forward slash local plasterers or forward slash local plumbers. These are the pages that are ranking for plasterers near me or plumbers near me because they're actually the most relevant pages for that search. So when we're analyzing a site, one of the red flags that we'll spot is if a home page is ranking for the majority of the keywords, then it tends to mean that the sub pages on the site haven't been optimized well enough and the home page is having to work too hard because one page is only going to rank for a relatively small number of different keywords. So by increasing the amount of pages on your site and by optimizing them for the different terms that they're relevant for, you can massively increase not only the number of keywords that you're ranking for, but the rankings and therefore the traffic that you're getting. In fact, that really brings us on to our first step, which is to create and optimize more content. And more content is really one of the few kind of hacks left for SEO. And it's not even a hack. What happened to SEO? <laughs> but more and better content is by far the simplest way to rank well on Google. Here's a process that you can use to get more and better content on your site. Very, very straightforward. Three steps. First step, brainstorm your target keywords. Second step, optimize key pages for commercial terms. Third step, write solutions to your customers' problems. Let's dig into these steps in a bit more detail. So step one, brainstorming your target keywords. Whenever you're thinking about increasing your website's ranking, it's a good idea to make a massive, massive list of all the different keywords and phrases and topics that you think your site should rank for. Now, there are really three different types of keyword that you probably want to focus on here. The first is keywords relating to your product or service. So different names for your product, different names for your service. If you've got multiple services, you're going to do this for each of your different services. For example, let's say that you're an accountancy firm. One of your services might be tax accountancy. Well, you've got phrases like tax accountant. You've got tax accountant near me. You've also got phrases like tax advisor, which are slightly different, but very closely related. So by understanding all of the different phrases that someone 
might search for for that particular service that you offer tax accountancy you can start to brainstorm and do this for each of your different services which will already give you a whole bunch of different phrases uh, that you can start optimizing your content for the second thing that you want to do the second type of keyword that you want to brainstorm is the problem that you're solving for your target audience. So let's say that you are a tax accountant. One of the problems that you're solving for people is helping them to pay less tax or helping them to get their tax codes right or helping them to file their tax returns on the right deadline. So these are all problems which again will have their own sets of keywords and their own sets of phrases to identify. So again, these are things that you're gonna stick into your big brainstorm. The third type of keyword that you wanna think about is stuff that might indicate someone's a potential buyer even if they're not looking for your thing or they're not actually screaming in pain with a problem yet. For example, with ratedpeople.com, remember the site that helps you find a local tradesperson, one of their content strategies is to write articles like how to lay a patio. Now on the surface of it, this feels a little bit counterintuitive because you might think, well, why are rated people trying to help people lay their own patios? Because surely that's what people go to rated people for is to find someone who can come and lay a patio. But what they're doing is they're seeding the top of their funnel with content they know that if someone searches like if i search google for how to lay a patio probably within one hour i'm going to be on rated people looking for someone to try and fix this mess that i've created if i haven't already had to go to hospital right so they understand that people who are searching for that topic even if they're not a potential buyer right now in the future they might be so getting them on the site giving them an option to become a commercial you know to become a lead or to become a sale but then maybe running some retargeting ads to them knowing that they're in the process of laying a patio can be a great way of picking up top of funnel traffic and really really expanding the visibility of your website by targeting these sorts of informational terms you can massively explode the traffic to your site and yes not all of it is going to be super high commercial intent ready to buy now but if you're getting people signing up to email lists if you're giving people downloadable guides if you're getting people through retargeting then you can start to build up your visibility build up awareness of what it is that you do so when they do need that thing they come to you or they're already on your email list or whatever so once you've got these different keywords you want to run some analysis on them. We love using SEMrush because you can stick in your target keywords. You can see approximately how many searches each of those keywords is getting each month. And you can also see the cost per click that people are willing to bid on Google Ads. Now, why is this of any interest as an SEO? Well, it's of interest as an SEO because if we see that a particular keyword has a high cost per click, that tells us that there's commercial intent. People are buying as a result of this. Otherwise, why would advertisers be willing to bid for this term? So that can give us a bit of an indication that this is a commercial term, this is leading to business. Therefore, if we can get our commercial pages ranking for these sorts of terms, that's an indication that they can be very profitable. So broadly speaking, what you wanna do is optimize your website's core pages, i.e. pages like homepage, service pages, category pages, product pages. You want to optimize those for your commercial terms, so the terms that lead to a purchase. And then you want to optimize your blog posts or your knowledge-based content for informational terms. Because remember, we want to give Google the information that that searcher needs. And if I'm searching for how to lay a patio, I don't want to see a commercial page on a patio laying website that says, click here to get your 
patio laid by our team. That's not what I want. I'm searching for how to lay a patio. I'm looking for information. Now it might be on a patio layers website, but it's going to be an informational page with recommendations about how to lay a patio. So it's really important that we understand the intent behind the searcher so we can match the type of content to that search. The next thing to consider is optimizing your content for how Google is showing results in the search. So we talked a little bit about featured snippets. If your sort of searches are the ones that featured snippets are being pulled for, it's well worth making sure and shaping your content to work best in featured snippets. Obviously, there are loads of different types of featured snippets. So if you search for what is digital PR, Google pulls, you know, a paragraph of text from Exposure Ninja's website and shows it as a featured snippet. Well, we've had to make a very short introductory paragraph answering that question, what is digital PR in order to get it as a featured snippet. Another common type of featured snippet is the unordered or the ordered list. So this is, you know, numbers one to eight. So for example, if you search how to stop plants from dying, not that I would ever need to search that, of course, uh, then you will see a featured snippet from a website where there's tips one to eight for how to stop plants from dying. By the way, turns out it was always overwatering that was causing mine to die. Anyway, um, and it's got that result because it's formatted the content in a way that's allowed Google to just pull out those headings for each of the different tips and show them as the featured snippet. So make sure your content structure, make sure you're using any relevant markup. And then of course you need to build the authority to that page as well, because that's also gonna help your ranking for featured snippets. Another part of optimizing your content for how Google is displaying it is optimizing metadata. So predominantly page titles and meta descriptions. Page titles word for word are one of the most powerful SEO tools because Google still looks at them to understand the keywords that a particular page should rank for. So using your target keywords at the start of a page title, for example, great thing to do because not only does that show Google that you should be ranking for that term, but when that page gets ranked on Google, that phrase that someone's just searched is going to be right at the start of your page title. And if you think about the person's mindset, when they're searching Google, they've just typed in how to lay a patio, what page title are they going to be most tuned to clicking on? Well, it's going to be how to lay a patio. So you want to kind of reflect that language in the page title that you're using. You also want to optimize your meta description. This is the description of the site that Google shows in search results. Whilst the meta description isn't used by Google to understand the keywords that your page is relevant for, what it does do is it gives you a chance in the search results to kind of advertise your page to your audience. This is the text that describes what's on the page usually. Some tips for writing great page titles. If you're writing a page title for a commercial page, i.e. a page where the goal is for, to have someone to get in contact with you or buy a product from you, then usually you want to sell the USP of your business. You want to explain why people should buy your service or your product rather than anybody else in order to get them to click on the site. And then you typically also want to include some kind of call to action to pre-convert them. So when by the time they click on that page, they've already got that conversion goal, i.e. request your free consultation or buy now with free delivery or something like that in mind. So USPs and calls to action for commercial pages, meta descriptions. If you're optimizing an informational page, for example, a blog post or a knowledge base piece or an article, then usually you'll want to include some kind of sales copy for your article really in your meta description. So explaining what people are going to learn, maybe giving a bit of credibility behind the author of the article as well. Because remember, you're essentially in a competition with the other sites in search results to make sure that that searcher clicks on your site. So what do you need to say in that meta description to get the click. Now the next piece of the SEO puzzle is backlinks. Yes, backlinks. Here we are 
today talking about backlinks and i'm in some ways i'm a little bit surprised that this is where we are today and links are still a really important ranking factor but the truth is that they are and um, there's a few different ways of getting links to your site but basically the point of links in seo is we are trying to show Google that our site is authoritative and our business is authoritative. It's a bit like a popularity contest. So when Google's trying to decide which websites to show in the search results, it wants to show the best. It wants to show the best companies, the best sources of information. How does it understand best? Well, one of the metrics it uses is the links that are coming to your site. So what sort of websites are linking to you? How many links have you got? And what is the context of those links? So a few different ways of picking up links they vary from the extremely passive all the way to the extremely aggressive so we'll cover a couple of each so firstly if you're going to pick up links very passively the most basic way to do it is to write content that is naturally link worthy. Link worthy content tends to fall in a couple of different categories. Firstly, write really detailed reference pieces. The ultimate guide to whatever topic that you're an expert on. This sort of content can pick up links because when somebody is writing about that topic and they want to link to the ultimate resource for their readers to find out more, or they need to pick out some information to contribute to an article that they're writing, and if they choose your ultimate guide because it's got loads of great information in then they will link back to your guide as the source of that information so these kind of ultimate guides can be a great way of picking up some links but obviously you know they can be very passive ways of picking up links so it's unlikely that you're going to get thousands of links a month by doing that another way of picking up links naturally or passively is to collect data and run surveys that people can use when they're writing articles for example we wrote a piece or we conducted a survey for one of our clients in the gambling space where we collected some data about a particular type of gambling and we got public opinion we did a, a poll on public opinion about this type of gambling and we published the data on their website and it got a bit of attention and it got lots of links from different publications and that was great and then one day we noticed that it also picked up a link from the guardian and what had happened is the guardian had written about this particular topic the journalist who was writing the uh, the article needed a source to back up a particular opinion that they'd expressed or a particular opinion that someone else had expressed and because we had some data about public opinion on this type of gambling they linked to our blog post where the survey results were published so by doing this and by giving publications and giving journalists content and um, data and, and, and kind of factual information about trending topics it can be a great way of picking up links without having to do any outreach at all of course as we start moving to the more aggressive side of link building then you can start doing some outreach once you've published that survey then you can start outreaching to different publications and saying hey look at this great survey look at this interesting data do you think this is the sort of thing that your audience might be interested in and doing that sort of outreach particularly to journalists or writers that have written about that topic in the past can be a great way to pick up links too. You can also use journalist request services to give journalists your opinion on different topics. So things like Response Source, Gorkana, Help a Reporter Out are great because when a journalist is writing an article and they need a source or they need, to, they need some tips from an expert, if they don't have an expert in their Rolodex, so to speak, they might go to a journalist inquiry service and do a broadcast out that says, hey, I'm looking for an expert 
expert in heart health to give me some tips on how over 50s can keep their hearts healthy or whatever. And then if you're a subscriber to that service, when you see that notification, if you're an expert in heart health, you can say, hey, I've got a tip. And by the way, here's my website. When they write that article, they might link through to your website. So as I say, response source, Gorkana, help a reporter out are great. We tend to use Twitter a lot. So the hashtags journal request, hashtag PR request can be a great way because a lot of journalists now just go straight onto Twitter if they need uh, a reference or a source for some information or opinion for their article. If you're a local business, then listing your business in local directories still works. Yes, in 2020 and onwards, we're still seeing local directories have an impact on SEO. A lot of this stuff feels quite old school, like talking about links, talking about directories, but here's the thing, we're seeing it work. It still works for our clients. So that's the game that we're playing. Okay, so just to recap, we've talked about how Google works. We've talked about what Google really wants and the kind of mindset that you need to have deserving to rank at the top. We've talked about how to identify your target keywords and the different topics that you want to talk about and that you want to optimize your pages for in order to rank for a whole range of different topics, not just commercial terms, but also informational terms as well. We then talked about content and how to add and optimize content on your site. We talked about targeting featured snippets and we talked about how to pick up some links. That essentially is SEO. Now, of course, there's loads more stuff in there. There's loads more detail and examples that you can go through and you can check out how to get to the top of Google, which is our book that you can buy on Amazon or a whole bunch of different bookstores online. Um, if you want more detail, there's also an audio version if you just can't get enough of listening to me. Um, so you can go and get that for more detail. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. And I hope it's been really useful to you. I've got a favor to ask from you. If you enjoy this podcast, please give us a review. It means loads. Basically, I've got a little bet with someone inside Exposure Ninja. They think that we're not going to be able to get that many reviews if I just ask you in the show to leave us a review. So I want to show that we can get some good reviews just by asking. So please leave us a review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on. Just type a few words about what sort of impact this show has had. If you enjoy it, if you don't enjoy it, then hey, don't leave a review. Just send me an abusive email, Tim at Exposure Ninja instead. That's all for this week. So see you next time.